Welcome to season two of the One and Done podcast, where we are dedicated to making young people successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas. Let's get it started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the One and Done podcast. We're very excited to have uh, two guests on today's episode, one from right here in College Station, Texas, the other one from Florida, uh, Clay Canning, who is a co-founder, and Rashawn Brown. They're both co-founders of Screen Skins. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Having us. Thank yeah, you for having, for having us. us. Absolutely. I'm ex- a product I'm excited to get to hear more about myself. Uh, one I found on LinkedIn, we connected through there and uh, wanted to get in the studio on this Friday morning and, and uh, get something out to, to all the listeners. So, uh, Rashawn, I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about your background, kind of how did you get into this business? Uh, what led to that? Yeah, so um, I, I'm from Ohio originally. Uh, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, um, in Westerville, a small suburb in Columbus. Uh, went to Ohio University where I graduated with degrees in sports management, business admin, and marketing. And then after that, um, you know, went and worked for the Big East in basketball operations and then went back to Ohio University where I was accepted and graduated from their sports ad program. So my sports background is strong. That's how, you know, we really got started with this and, you know, tying sports Mm -hmm. into it. Uh, But once I uh, moved to College Station three years ago after grad school, I had another idea. I had another company and it involved licensing. It was called College Emojis. So I started that company when I first moved here and I got really, you know, tied in and connected within licensing. So um, it was also around that time where Clay and I had connected and we were introduced, but I just didn't have time for screen skin because I was still trying to figure out, you know, my, my own business and what I wanted to create. Uh, but, um, you know, actually, ironically, what happened was the pandemic happened and I had mm-hmm. more time at home in the beginning of the pandemic. So I did an um, um, accelerator out of Austin called Founder Institute, um, joined that, really learned how to run a foundation of a business, which led to College Emoji starting to get his foot off the ground and then also getting more licensing and more relationships with fanatics, et cetera. So after that, um, talked to Clay again, and I said, Clay, you know, this is like November. No, October. Maybe October, November. I talked to Clay. I said, hey, you know, yeah. we can do this. Send me a one-sheeter of everything you want to do. I'll go get the licenses. Easy. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't believe me. He, he didn't think I would do it. So <laughs> This um, was a year ago. This was a year ago. Literally, this, like, this is a year literally ago. a year ago. And um, we, we had, so. you know, I emailed the VP of Fanatics, said, hey, this is what I, I want to show you. This is what we want to do. Got the call, and uh, about three weeks later, we had NCAA, M- uh, MLB, and NBA, and launched awesome. on Fanatics this March. Yeah, uh, with the product. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you how I got introduced to the product. It was right after the uh, Auburn A and M game, and I don't know if y'all did some mm-hmm. sponsoring on LinkedIn or maybe I just connected with one of you, but I saw that pop up, and I was like, "That's pretty sweet." You know, I could see yeah. see the image. I was like, "I got to reach out to these guys. They're going to yeah. be great to have on the podcast." So. Uh, Clay, why don't you introduce all the listeners to you as well? And then uh, after you answer that, I'll let you dive into Screen Skins and how you founded it. Yeah, definitely. So I literally just graduated college um, this past summer, and I'm only 22. I started this originally in high school. Um, so my senior year of high school, I started selling like screen protectors on Amazon. That's what I was doing, uh, making extra cash. Like it's like 200 bucks a week, you know, and it was just like stupid, easy hustling. And what it turned into was me essentially developing um, an idea, okay, of, of applying a logo to a screen. And I had some background in the equipment that I use. I tell everyone if I wasn't going into the business, you know, to be an entrepreneur, I'd be an engineer because that's something I love to do, design products, um, anything like that. So I started doing it and tested the first one and it sucked. 
but there was potential to the product. I was like, all right, you know, like refinement, refinement, refinement. And this is like 2018, 2019. Um, and I just started refining the product. It took me about eight months to a year of just sitting in my office, making samples. I had glass everywhere. Um, you could ask anyone in my family, glass was everywhere. And eventually finally got like a decent, a decent one. And I showed everyone, my brothers, um, my parents. I was like, look, this is it. I'm like, this is the product. But that is where like the real work began. Um, Cause I wanted to go in the sports market with it. Okay. That's one thing people ask is why the sports market? Number one, it's a defined audience. Okay. I can put a logo on it. I can tell you, okay, these are USF fans. These are A&M fans. Like we know the market. Whereas doing like custom stuff, it's, it's harder to sell custom screens. So I started with USF. Okay. I was a freshman in college and applied for a USF license through the CLC. And then like four or five weeks later, I got USF licensing, got UCF licensing. And I think this was 2019. And I really started selling them in 2020. Um, the university of Florida denied my first license. So I was a little sad about that, but that's how it goes. And <laughs> from that point on, just started hustling. And then 2020, is when this business really started to like take off. Um, I quit my job at Publix. I don't know if you guys know what Publix is, but it's like supermarket here, like in the South. Um, it's like an off-brand right. HEV. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, so then I quit Publix to actually do work with Publix. So I wanted to do Publix screens, worked my way up the corporate ladder. And I was like, yo, I want to do this for Publix. And the branding guy I talked to, we're really, really good friends today. He goes, man, you work for Publix. Like, we can't do this. It's a conflict of interest. I'm like, dude, two weeks is in, not a problem. Like, call me in two weeks. So I left Publix, um, right? Super Bowl was my last day working at Publix of 2020. And then COVID hit. I just started business. Now COVID hit. No one's spending any money. Like, what am I going to do? So I just started hustling at that point, really dove um, into TikTok and was very, I wouldn't say super successful, but I became fairly successful on TikTok, several million views and just kind of blew up. And that kind of helped me, you know, get off the ground a little bit. And then an old connection that I had. So this is where me and Sean really start to connect in 2020. I connected with a guy named Maurice Claret several years ago, I think in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State running back. But um, me and my brother drove up to a podcast event up in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, we drove 10, 12 hours, did this in one night, didn't even get a hotel up in Nashville. We showed up for the event, met Maurice and the other guys and invited him down to kind of speak to our dad's football team. He's like, yo, I'll be in Florida. So he just dropped by, spoke to our dad's team, and then we connected. I showed him the product. He's like, yo, this is dope. And that was pretty much it, but I kind of made him a custom one, shot it up to him in Ohio, and he's like, what do you want to do with this? And I kind of told him, he's like, I got someone that can help you out. So he connected me with Sean and we connected at the beginning of 2020. I think the first, the first time we talked, Sean, right. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, it was like February, March. Like we just started talking and he was just like, you know, I don't really have too much time, but then we reconnected at the end of the year and he was like, you know, what do you want to do with this? And I kind of told him three weeks later, had a meeting with fanatics, like two weeks later after that launched, you know, MLB, NBA, and most NCAA. Man, that's awesome. I love, I love yeah. the, I love the idea and the story behind that. That's awesome. So it's Sean, crazy it's, it is crazy. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so Sean, tell me a little bit about how you, you guys got involved. And he kind of mentioned it right there at the end. So why don't you pick up with what you've been doing since you've joined as a co-founder? Yeah. So 
you know, my, my biggest thing was, you know, I was building my own company and I was doing it prematurely. So I was learning, like I was in that learning phase. So when I met Clay, I'm just like, look, I'm learning too. So everything that I'm learning, I can give to you. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that I was learning at Accelerator, those PDFs, I was, I was sending it to Clay. I'm like, hey, you're, you're going to learn mm-hmm. this too. And I get on Clay, you know, we talk a lot of like his details, small things, like the company is going to be what the company is. But right now we just have to grind and we have to hustle because once we get out mm-hmm. there, it, it's going to take off a world of its own. So we, you know, after we had the meeting with Fanatics and, you know, we got to that point, like, yeah, that was good. But, you know, that that's just the moment, like that's just the beginning, but we have a lot more work to do. So we started to build more relationships. We, we ended up just a few months ago, we just got NFL licenses. So we're licensed in the NFL now, which is all of the major leagues. Um, and then we have mm-hmm. strong relationships and fanatics that kind of guide us and give us just critiques and you know advice on what we should do and what other products we should bring to market. But what I added to the company when I joined as a co-founder was the same hustle as Clay, the same passion, but it was more of a industry knowledge of, like you said, it's just like, it, it's who you know, and, and people can put mm-hmm. you and place you in certain opportunities. So with my background in sports, I had a lot of relationships and we were able to navigate a lot of those relationships to get us to where we are now. But then in the flip of it as well, you know, I work for Texas a Athletics, right? So, you know, I have a lot of donors, like I really separate the two things, you know, screen skin, college emojis work. But, you know, once you're developing these personal relationship with donors, they start to take a liking to what you're doing and understanding what you're doing and they want to help. So, you know, I went and we talked at, you know, the um, Aggie Angel Network, got really close with Shelly Brinkman, which, you know, we're, we have office space now with Design Spark Innovation Center. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she inter- introduced us to, you know, a couple of our advisors and investors. So, everything just was happening and it was just like, it was perfect. Like the way everything was synchronized and everything that was happening was just like, is this real? Like, is this real how this is happening? So with everything happening, we, we had no other choice, but to just keep grinding and, and seeing it through. Mm-hmm. So now we're really in a good place where we, we have the foundation of the company. We understand our strategies. We know what we want to do. Now we have to double down and, and really go into phase two. Absolutely. So before we get into phase two, so I guess Clay then is the product guy mm-hmm. and you're you're the relationship guy, the mm-hmm. one who's getting you into the, these markets and getting you the licensing. Yeah, Clay is the product guy, e-com guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Clay, I, I would say I've done fairly well at picking up on, <laughs> on the e-com yeah. and all that stuff lately. Cause we do we do really well. But you're a really good balance team. Like, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was yeah, getting yeah. at. Yeah. So what? Sean, Sean's a detail guy. I'm okay. like, big picture let's get it done and then sean will call me at like 11 30 at night He'll ceo be like, no, coo relationship you spelled, this, you spelled this word wrong on the site and i'll be like all right i'll get it in the morning He'll be like no get up right now yeah he, he's <laughs> big picture it. like i learned you know advice you know <laughs> like maybe a few years ago someone told me like hey start with the end in mind because if you start with the mm-hmm. end in mind you know what you have to do to get there and you work backwards mm-hmm. so for me huh? it's really about just doing all of the small things right and then the big things that handle themselves because we did the small things, right? If we do those right and we walk before we run, nothing's going to catch back up to us while we're running. If you start to run before you walk, then you, you'll have some things catch back up yeah. and you'll have to turn around and start back over. So I'm really big on that. So as far as like the business mm-hmm. development piece of that, and it means like I really tackle that stuff head on. Awesome. Well, mm-hmm. so talk to the listeners, right? Um, we got a group full of young minds who are listening who are, you know, in college and probably some of them are going to be entre- entrepreneurs a lot like you guys. 
What would you What would you say the pros and the cons of having a partnership are? Because I know that there's things that you have to get used to in a partnership. There's also benefits that come along with that. So, Clay, I'll start with you. What would you say the, the pros and the cons are? So, um, so there, there's a quote. Maurice used to say it all the time. You, you know, you do, I'll, I'll put it lightly, you do big stuff with other people and you do little stuff by yourself. Okay, that's kind of the mentality behind it. And, you know, that philosophy is, look, if you can learn to work with other people, you know, everybody can help each other. It's an ecosystem. And that's one thing me and Sean have done really well is, you know, sometimes we hate each other. Sometimes we love each other. It's a love-hate relationship. That's how it goes. But at the end of the day, we're growing this thing together. Like, it's fun to do it. Um, it's, it's really cool to watch. And I wouldn't necessarily say you have to have a partnership, but you have to learn to work with other people, okay, and, and find out your strengths and weaknesses. Like you said, I'm more of the product guy back-end stuff. Sean's more of the front-end, you know, development relationships and partnerships. Like, that's what he does very well. And we just work very cohesively together. Being a solopreneur, it's it's fine. Trust me, I did it. But it's a grind. It's a hustle, man. Like, that's what I was doing for a long, long time. And lots of late nights just kind of by yourself. And I wasn't really doing, you know, like, I was progressing the company little by little. But now, you know, hook it up with Sean. Like, you see what a year does, okay, with two people together. You know, we're easily able to move really quickly. Even like last week, we have a meeting with uh, Jordan Morrell, one of the Nike VPs who's on our advisory board now. And he's just like, man, like, I love how fast you guys move. Like, this is great. He's like, if we try to do this at Nike, you know, it would take us a month, you know, just to get this, get like a project off the ground. I recommend find what you love to do, find what you are really good at, hone in on those skills, and then find someone who can compliment you in your business where you need that help. Awesome. Sean, what do you got to, what do you have to add? Yeah, I would, I'll start with the cons. I'll, I'll go backwards. Um, you know, <laughs> working, you know, working by yourself is, is, is hard and it takes a different type of, mm -hmm. of discipline, especially when you have the vision and there's a lot of things that you want to do. It's hard to really see those things through by yourself. So, you know, mm -hmm. but there's a pro within that con because you start to really understand your strengths, your weaknesses, what you're good at which helps you ultimately when you go into a partnership or you go, you know, on in the future. <clears throat> but I mean, that's life in that's life in general. Um, you're always going to have to work with people. You're always going to have to figure out that my say so isn't the final say so and those type of things. But for us, I think the balance in it is that like, again, Clay's weaknesses are my strengths. My weaknesses are his strengths. So it's easier for us to work together in a sense but then, you know, it's the cons of just like just personality clashes and or like, you know, I'm pretty much what is it like the sleep schedule thing? Like I get on clay all the time about, dude, you shouldn't be going to sleep at 10 o'clock at night. You need to go to sleep at like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. We're opposite on that. <laughs> I, we're totally opposite. On but that. <laughs> but for but for people listening, I, I would say, like, you know, if you have an idea, go for it. Like if you have mm -hmm. something that's on your heart, go for it most people fail because they don't go for the things that they believe in. And you're not going to know if it works or not. If you, if you don't go for it, that's really half the battle. I didn't have to go and start college emojis in my college apartment. I didn't have to call clay back and say, Oh, we're going to try to build this business and, you know, stick my neck out just like, you know, he did to let me come in on his business and kind of run things my way a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you know, you don't have to do those things. 
So that's that's the biggest thing I think with pros and cons is just like just working with people and kind of understanding that balance. But I mean, look at you, you're successful. You, you know, graduated A&M and you're, you know, you've built this company. So like, what would you say the pros and cons are of, you know, a partnership and then working by yourself? Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting because coming into to a family business for me, it's like, you know, getting to work with people who've already who've already built this business and the things they've done, getting to bring in new ideas, mm-hmm. new thoughts and, and asking the question why a ton. That's what I love about anytime you're working with other people, in my opinion, is you're gonna get somebody else's, you know, perspective. Like you said, things you're good at, Clay's not, and the things he's good at, you're not. Mm-hmm. And so you are able to ask why to each other consistently and the other person's having to develop and I don't know, maybe why do we do it that way, right? And you have to continue to get better. So that's my favorite part mm-hmm. about it is the fact that it's not all on you at the end of the exactly. day. And that really helps. And it helps because every there's there's not one person in the world that's just good at everything, right? And you have to have other people mm-hmm. who balance that because that's how you're gonna get farther. Like he was saying, you're gonna you're gonna you can be successful by yourself, right? One step at a time. But you can't take those big bounds of success and, you know, you can't just go so far so fast by yourself because mm-hmm. you're having to continue to, you know, mask those weaknesses with your strengths uh, versus when it's a partnership like this. Mm-hmm. Your, your weaknesses are kind of, you know, back of mind because your, your strengths align so well together. Yeah, you know, an interesting quote. Remember this quote, Clay? Uh, when we first, you know, pitched a product, um, the vice president of COC, Dave Kirkpatrick, he mentioned to us, he said, mm-hmm. look, we're, we're going to help you guys, you know, bring this to life and, and do this. And we're going to, you know, make the right connections. But you have to ask yourself, do you just want a whole grape or do you want a piece of a watermelon? First, I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah. But, I mean, but, but you get it quick, you know, because yeah. we can have a whole we can have a grape, but it is this small. But when we have partnerships and we have people online and we have other channels, it's, it's, it's a bigger you mm-hmm. get a bigger slice of a bigger fruit. So for us, you know, that was one of the things that, that we stood on. So that's why one of the core pillars in our company is um, collaboration. Like we're a collaborative company. We're not mm-hmm. going to be where we are now if it's not for Fanatics, if it's not for the CLC, if it's not for FanBrander, if it's not for Keyscaper, you know. So that's what we we built the company on it, partnerships. I love it. So talk to me about some of the challenges, Definitely. right, of the e-commerce space and with, with screen skins in general. What are, what are some of the challenges that you guys face in that space uh, maybe, maybe, you know, introduce that to our listeners. Ecom is tough, man. It is not easy. You know, you, you'll go on YouTube and you'll see people, they do these ads. They'll be like, oh, you know, make a million dollars at home. That ain't it. That's not the program. I'm telling you right now, man. Um, when I first started, you know, like running di- digital ads, doing uh, marketing, you know, it, it became really expensive over this past year. And now it's even become more expensive. And I think Facebook and Instagram have kind of faded out a little bit. TikTok's taken over that market share. And P.S. if you are not on TikTok, get on it right now. Um, whether it's products, you got a service, get on there because it's literally free advertisement. Um, that is something I really developed. But as far as, you know, setting up a site, you know, doing all the little the little details. Um, Sean Sean's the detail guy. So like We'll get the site set up, different products, and it takes a lot of time. If that's one thing to know about e-com, it's not just like set up in a day and start selling a product. That's not how it works. Like it takes time, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of dedication to do it. And as far as like Amazon goes now, um, that's how I originally started the company was just selling on Amazon. And we're about to kind of start fading back into that a little bit. But if you really want to start just being an entrepreneur, find a product on Amazon, do Amazon FBA. And you might not make a whole ton of money, but you'll learn a lot in the process so that it can carry else, you know, into something else that, you know, you want to do down the line. 
Yeah, and I would say, you know, the biggest challenges are, it's, it's brand awareness, right? You have so many brands <laughs> vying for, yeah. you know, customers' attention. Uh, but, you know, w- one of the things that we have and the unique product that we have is one, like, we're protecting your phone with passion. You, you, you haven't seen this before. You can look at the product mm-hmm. and we can put, you know, images on Instagram, on, you know, Facebook, but you don't get the real feel of the product, you know, and I, I mean, I'll show you now, like you don't, you don't get to see that, you know, just from an ad on social media. So the biggest challenge is like, how do we brand that? How do we position ourselves? Mm-hmm. How do we show the features of this? And from not just um, B2C perspective, but also from B2B, like for, for businesses, this is a whole new lens of branding. We're on the front of our phones all day. We, we have to protect this. What Brands should want their logos there. So for me, that's been the biggest challenge is because it looks like, do we need, you know, to double down? Do we need to double down on influencer marketing? Is it, do we need to, you know, double down on ad spend? Mm-hmm. It's just like trying to really figure out where that, that median is where we're going to see the most return I think that's the biggest struggle of, of the e-com and the challenge because like for us, like we're on fanatics, right? That's one channel of our business. I mean, the Cowboys are doing about four or five screens a day. We, we, we don't, we don't touch mm-hmm. that fanatics runs that show. They do that. And they have, you know, all of mm-hmm. their different customers that come to their site, the traffic, they do that. But for us, like we're still trying to figure out how to do that on our own, you know, from on our own channel, which is another separate segment mm-hmm. of our business. So I think, the biggest thing for, for any business in e-com is just like the position and the strategy of how do we get this to our, how do they know who we mm-hmm. are and how we differentiate from other, um, you know, competitors or other brands. Yeah. I think that's interesting too. Cause it's, it's a lot like a lot of other businesses though. Cause you got, you know, the different verticals, like you said, your own, your own branding and advertising, you got fanatics, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of other white collar businesses are like that as well. You know, you have your, your web leads, you have your walk-in leads, you have your, producer generated leads everybody has their different verticals and mm-hmm. it's it's the hardest part of business is probably figuring out which one of those is the most successful and focusing on that because there's always new ideas popping in your head you're like man, what if we did it this way but is that going to be more mm-hmm. beneficial or more successful financially than just focusing you know doubling down on what's already successful that's a hard part of business and so it's interesting to hear I want to add to that, um, Sean, what you're talking about. So like, like with fanatics, e-com, right? We don't get the data. That is like one important thing that like, that happens, right? We don't get the email. We don't, we don't get to know who that person is. Whereas if, if they buy through our site, you know, and we're paying to buy that customer, we can have them for life. You know, it's not just selling them a one-off product. You know, we can, we now know, Hey, Susie is a Texas A&M fan. Okay. Susie wants, you know, an A&M case now, you know, stuff like that. So there's lifetime value to the customers that come to your site. Yeah. So you have to, so you have to realize, again, that goes back to branding. So if we're selling through Mm -hmm. fanatics, right. And the customer is getting our product, how are we branding our product? So they know that it's not just fanatics, it's screen skins and they can reach out to us for warranties, replacement screens, et cetera. So that comes through like a lot of our time is like, okay, what is our retail package going to look like? What is our econ packaging going to look like? What is this QR code going to take those guys to? Because mm-hmm. it, it really is a cycle. But again, we have to really figure out how the, the best way to really, you know, speak to that customer, reach that customer and turn them into a lifelong customer. Not only just that, but an mm-hmm. advocate for the next customer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and NFL makes that extremely hard for us. Um, we can't, so we can't brand our logo on our own product when it comes to working with the NFL. 
Mm. Yeah, that's that's their rules. You have to pay to play, but I mean that's it's a rule. It's one of the most <laughs> profitable, yeah, right <laughs> leagues in yeah. in, the, in the world, and you know the the teams themselves, like they're they're iconic. Like, I mean, like mm-hmm. I told Clay, like I said, our name isn't on a Dallas Cowboys screen protector. I don't care, yeah, because the Dallas Cowboys screen protector is going to sell. We're going to make money off of it. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So guys, if we kind of wrap up the podcast today, tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. where Screen Skins is going to go in 2022. What are y'all's plans and ideas for the future? Yeah, so we just, well, not just, but we closed our pre-seed <laughs> round earlier in the summer. So now we mm-hmm. have a good footing on where we are. We have all the resources. We have all the licenses, especially with adding NFL. Um, and then mm-hmm. obviously we you know, just added Jordan, big Nike guy, come on and help us. So we're really looking to go into phase two. And phase two of that is, uh, we, we know our e-com strategy now. We know the numbers that we have to hit and the target numbers for each team that, that's taken mm-hmm. care of. So now it's really looking at, okay, we're going to go to, you know, the trade show, the NFL Summit, all that stuff in Vegas, but we're really going to focus <laughs> on retail. How do we get into those retail markets? And for us with our type of product, we don't, it, it's going to be easier because we can put different teams in different markets. Mm-hmm. So for that, mm-hmm. that's where we're really going to focus on. And then we're looking at opening another round where we're going to go raise, you know, 1.5 to, you know, two to $3 million. So we can really mm-hmm. hit the ground running. And really, that's where we're going to see, we're going to really double down on marketing and branding and just really just tapping into social media where we're going to just, just try to blow this thing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots like we've set the foundation over the past couple of years and now it, it's time to, to really double triple down on what we're doing get the product out there get into mass retailers you know targets verizon's at&t's and and just try and blow the product up so you know if you don't have a screen scans head over to screenscans.co uh get you one tell all your friends follow us on ig and tiktok um we're there absolutely and then i would say just going into this next round too i would be remiss not to mention just like again focusing on how important relationships are um you know mm-hmm. from working with shelly and those guys here at AM, like our investors include, you know, Ari Day from FIVO, who's he works with Texas A&M on the ticket side. Um, Terrence Murphy. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Terrence Murphy. He's invested in advising the company. Um, Brandon Stewart, mm-hmm. who was a former quarterback here at A&M, he's invested in the company. So um, you just I mean, just thank you to those guys for believing in us and getting us to this mm-hmm. point, uh, because, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's it's been a grind. But phase two wouldn't be you, we wouldn't be able to go into that phase without those guys, you know, pouring into us. Definitely. Well, Sean, Clay, I appreciate you guys coming on the show today. It was a privilege. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Be sure to rate our podcast and leave a review. Also, make sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at One and Done Podcast.